Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. Today's guest is Adrian Salomonovich, and he is the best-selling author of one of my favorite public relations books. It's called Free PR. He co-authored it with Cameron Harold, who has been on a guest on my podcast in the past, and I am hoping he's going to be coming on again to talk about the topic, Meeting Suck. But back to Free PR and Adrian. So this episode was originally recorded last summer, and it was part of a um, private Facebook group. And Adrian and I talk about how to get free public relations, how you can actually do it yourself. I love the way that the book Free PR is laid out chapter by chapter. If anything, it's a great education if you're working with a PR agency. It will give you the background that you need to know to ask the right questions. If you are just starting out in public relations, it's a great starter book. If you are in public relations or a brand in marketing, it is a great refresher. So join me in welcoming Adrian from this past episode, the interview that happened in 2019, and it is still very, very relevant. Hi, and how are you today? Hope you are doing amazing. I want to first start off by apologizing for being fashionably or unfashionably late for this live. We had some technical difficulties. Um, I have a really fun and expert guest today. So Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, it's a pleasure. And by the way, it was totally my fault. So when you say we had technical problems, I was the technical problem, but I'm glad I'm here now. No worries at all. Um, and we also had to post to our Instagram stories. So, you know, social PR, that has to come first too. We can't forget that. For so, sure. Yeah, that's actually like, um, let's just start with that that tip. So if you're about to be interviewed for whatever, whenever, doing these behind the scenes types of, oh, about to go live with Lisa Beyer or about to go live for CNN. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, first of all, the journalists notice it and appreciate it, right? And I think what a lot of people do, and this comes pre and post, I always like to thank the journalists by name, not just by publication. So if we get, if, if myself or a client gets featured in TechCrunch, I don't just say, thanks TechCrunch, or here's our article on TechCrunch. I'll say, you know, thank you to the specific journalist. And then they'll re- they're more likely to retweet it to their followers as well. And it just sending out some love signals, I call it, right? So, so yeah, and doing that pre is even better behind the scenes. People love behind the scenes stuff, right? So, so behind the scenes. Yep, totally. Big, right? Uh, personally, that's what I like. I think it makes people more approachable when you show, like, I just showed my desk here. I've got this encyclopedia, uh, you know. Uh, perching up my laptop so we're at eye, eye height here hopefully it looks natural but uh and i put that on my stream and whatever and i just share people i like to share my my day with people people are more interested in uh in you as a brand than we might think and so uh, i know gary vaynerchuk's always you know pushing that and i think he's right like uh uh not right about everything but he's right about that where people love to hear about brands and see behind the scenes and and, and more sharing is caring right so that's how, how i look at it too yeah totally so i just put on the screen here free PR, yes, please. Um, So in case you don't know, um, Adrian is the author of, I'm going to let you show that on the. Sure. It's wedging my, uh, my uh, phone. So it's going to go down one step here, but uh, free PR, free PR. And I've got the bestseller plaque in the back there. So I'm really proud to say this is a Amazon bestseller in three different categories, but the book is, uh, you know, self-explanatory. It's a book on how to get free PR for your business. Um, my co-author Cameron Harold uh, actually helped to grow his company from three million in revenue to an almost two hundred million in revenue using the techniques in this book. 
I grew Canvas Pop, which is an online uh, e-commerce company, web-based e-commerce company from zero, bootstrapped it to eight figures in revenue. That's over 10 million in revenue. Uh, almost doing no advertising, doing what's in the book. So, this, I mean, as you know, you're an author, you're an author before I was an author. Uh, it's a labor of love. This is just dumping all of our information out there. You don't make a ton of money from books, but you get to share your ideas. And I'm really passionate about this book. It took over a year to, to make it, but I think it's like worth many thousand times the uh, the price of the book. So I encourage people to grab it. And I also encourage people, and I know you did not, you did not ask me to do this, but a very complimentary book <laughs> to have here, Social PR. They actually work really good together. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, well, I actually recommended your book right when we started in May working with um, the mastermind group, Cat Howells group, and um, re recommended it because, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do as a small business, as an agency owner, where you don't have to necessarily go out and hire a PR agency. There's tips that you that you can do yourself. But what I also love about it, Adrian, is that if you are going to hire an agency, you have an education, you have a base of like what to ask and when to know like, okay, you know, maybe even give helpful direction that you might not know to do without reading your book. So I think that there, it covers a lot of bases. It's just not necessarily like a do it yourself book. It's more of a, a great foundation. Yeah. It's three things, right? So like you said, uh, if you're going to hire a PR agency, it's so much better to go and educated, right? Whatever service you're going to get out there, it's so much better when you go in. It's even better for the agency if you already know what an angle is. You already know what a media list is. You already know who your personas are, your unique value proposition. It's just going to be easier for the agency, and they're going to respect you more, and they're going to treat you better, and you can really hold the agency accountable. Because I think it's really important if you're going to hire an agency to really you know, work collaboratively with them and also tell them what you want in a clear way, instead of just saying, you're the experts, you run with it. So yes. Great. The second thing is, if you're a, uh, a bigger company, you're the CEO of a, you know, a company with 30, 40, 50 employees or more, you're, you're not going to be able to do a lot of the stuff that's in this book yourself. You're going to want to insource it. So our, our big philosophy is find a go-getter in your company that doesn't really know anything about PR, but has that hustle mentality, can communicate well, and then have them read the book or take the course and then we'll turn them, you know, same thing. We do the same thing. Uh, we help people get PR. So whether you do it in, in-house or whether you hire an agency, the, the book is great. And lastly, if you're a small business or you're a two-person company and you're launching a new product and you don't have any money, well, this is the ultimate Bible because the book is going to teach you how to do it yourself until you can afford to hire an expert or you can uh, hire somebody in-house. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. So. Thank you. That's awesome advice. Um, so, hey, Dustin, Dustin check, just checked in on the comments. So if you are watching the live, awesome. Thank you for joining us. Go ahead and put any questions for us in the comments and we'll answer them as they come. And if you're watching the recording too, that's that's amazing. Um, still go ahead and put any questions that you have for Adrian and I and I'll go back. We'll go back and circle back and, and answer them as best as we can. So um, I have kind of an agenda. I want to um, pick your brain, um, and I know that so do the members. So, um, Adrian, what um, like you know? Let's just start with angles. You mentioned angles and media lists. So, if you're an agency owner, Facebook agency owner, uh, what what exactly? What are how do you find angles? Like, how would you recommend it? What so, if you're an agency owner and you want to get PR for your agency. Yeah. So, so the real thing, and I want to hear what you think about this too, because I want this to be yeah. a two-way conversation, but to me for agencies, what's really useful is becoming a contributing writer. So it's a lot easier to become a contributing writer because you have access to a few things. You have access to data, 
you have act so so at aggregate across your customer bases you've learned some things right you've learned some secrets and a lot of people don't want to publish their secrets right and they want to keep it to themselves but the ones that really win are the ones that are saying hey i found something really cool i should share this with the rest of the community might even include competitors and potential clients so 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 that's one thing as an agency owner you've got secrets you've got knowledge why not approach a publication that targets your audience, the people you're trying to get as customers, and get a contributor article going? Easier said than done, but I think if you already have a, a track record of some great articles out there, you can share it with the editor and publisher of the said publication. You can say to them, hey, listen, I'm willing to do free articles once a month, once a quarter. Um, here's a sample of some of my articles that get a lot of likes, but I want to reach out to your audience. And, and if you hustle enough, you will get that. And then you've got a regular source of um, not just credibility, because you maybe become a regular contributing writer to Inc or Forbes or Success Magazine or you know Ad Age, whatever. You become a contributor. It's great for your credibility. You get regular press. You don't have to keep hunting for it. You you know you've got X number of articles scheduled per year, and it's an amazing thing for agency owners. I, I think that the second thing is as an expert, if you're a little too lazy or you're not, maybe you don't have the time to. I don't say lazy, but if you don't have the time to write articles. I love this podcast, right? You're able to go. Um, you know, I do a lot of podcasts where there's no video, so I don't even have to comb my hair. Not, not that I really combed it that much today, but, but, you know, you can do a podcast from anywhere. All you need is a, you know, $200 mic and you're on there. You don't have to prepare. You already know the knowledge. You're an expert. You have to do an interview. Then you repurpose that content onto your own feeds. So I recommend those two things, contributing articles, podcasts, video casts like this for agency owners. Uh, you're going to have a harder time getting like, the New York Times to write about you if you're an agency owner, and you probably don't want the New York Times, you don't need the New York Times to write about you, right? You need to get in front of a very specific audience. So those are my two tips. Maybe the third one, if you're the opposite of lazy and you're a bit of a masochist, then you can just, you know, do one of these, right? Write the book, you know, it's it's a hard work, it's, it's, it's grueling, but you end up with this asset that you can use as a marketing tool. You can send it as gifts to prospects. They're gonna read your book, drink your Kool-Aid, be in alignment with your philosophies, right? They're going to be like, wow, Lisa's, uh, Lisa's ideas on social PR are amazing. I'm already sold. How much, like, how much to hire you? Instead of tell me why I should hire you, they're just ready, right? They already admire you. They're a fan. They're ready to work with you. So, so those three things. Let's, let's recap. Um, contributing articles, podcasts, and a book. A lot of people tell you don't write a book. I say do it, but it's painful. And you do those three things, three things as an agency, you're going to be ahead of 99 percent of other agency owners. Yeah. And you know what? What I love about the first one, and that's actually one of the exercises we're going through with the group, is we're helping them um, with identifying guest post opportunities, becoming a contributor. But because this group is, um, most of them are Facebook agency owners, they've got the secret power of um, being able to easily promote that content. So when they are a guest author, a guest contributor, uh, let's just say they, you know, get picked they write something for social media today. If yeah. they can um, put some money behind that and yeah. exposure for the publication, that publication is going to love them. It's getting them the exposure for the publication. It's getting them the thought leadership. You know, this is what I just wrote and targeting, you know, their audience. Um, you know, that that's like another layer that this, this group right here is they're in the mastermind group. They are the masters of Facebook ads. So taking that every time you're a contributor, you, you get published, even if it's in, yeah. even if it's on, um, you know, a lot of our owners are publishing now on Thrive Global, the our yeah. um, platform. So, I mean, even those like Medium is, even though, you know, you anybody could sign up for a Medium account and publish, it still is. Totally. 
I was I was talking to Neil Schaefer yesterday, who's another expert out there. This came up. We're doing this exact thing. Actually, we're doing a video cast yesterday, and this exactly came up. And one of the things that I I talked about. I don't know if you know about Snipply. Have you heard of Snipply? S N I P dot L Y. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people we'll, we'll put in the, your world in the comments for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't work for them. I'm not affiliated with them, but I think that uh, we had a Kickstarter client uh, that broke records like there was a company I was advising they raised I want to say three million dollars for a watch they're like a 20 million dollar plus company and that's how they built their entire following they got an article in Forbes then they used Snipply to send uh, links through Facebook advertising to the article and what Snipply does for those of you I'm sure almost all of you are familiar with it but if you're not Snipply allows you to to, to, to link people to an outside article like a sh link shortener with the ad added benefit that you can actually uh, include uh, a link that lives at the bottom of that article. So you're in the Forbes article, you're on the Forbes site, you're reading about your company or your, your agency. At the bottom it says, hey, want a free consultation? Click here and it'll take you to your site. So, so you don't lose that traffic. Yeah, yeah. Snipply. That's a great, I forgot about Snipply. Like we, use, we used it a lot with um, with one of our former clients and it was it's just amazing. It totally drives traffic. Yeah, it's amazing if it's done right. So combining native, what you're saying is combining or organic content, paid, I'm sorry, earned media with paid, with some sort of a call to action application like Snipply. I think that's a perfect trifecta. And that and that brings up the other thing. A lot of people say, okay, well, you land an article in Forbes, Fortune Inc., whatever, you know, you get that spike and then what? That's a great way to keep it going to, and like you said, it, journalists are looking for signaling or editors, I should say, or publishers. If that article is getting like 6,000 views instead of 2,000 views, and it's the article that Lisa wrote, well, guess what? You're coming back as a contributor. Uh, and so uh, great points. I, I love this kind of stuff because most people don't talk about it. What I love about that, what you, what you just suggested. So, you know, maybe the editors, they don't have access to all this, all the analytics on the back end, or they do, but they don't have time. So they're just not top of their radar. But if you have the analytics, so if you have your Snipply analytics and you can be like, hey, um, you know, I wrote this article, look at, check out these analytics, check out, you know, you know, this bump that happened. And it's not just right after they get published. And so we, we get this question a lot. So, okay, I got published. I shared it. Now what? Well, you share it every week. You share it, you know, you put it on a regular schedule and you share different, you know, create mm -hmm. different images to go with it, do an image post, do a link post, do a video post. And, you know, all of these posts have the, the link to your article in it. You, you can do a video talking about your, about your, your, that's your, a really good idea. The, the video recap, because yeah. Yeah, I don't think, and and I think we're all guilty of this. We'll get a big press hit, like we'll get an entrepreneur or something, and we'll send it out, and you'll get, you know, the euphoria of your friends, family, and followers saying, congrats, and then you leave it alone. Yeah, why not go back to it monthly, quarterly? To you, it's old news, but to, you, to the people who just started following, they didn't know you were an entrepreneur. And so, yeah, repurposing content and, and even, you know, pre-scheduling using a, a co-scheduler or Hootsuite, whatever you're using, is a fantastic idea and a fantastic way to keep the momentum going off old articles. Uh, I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. Really. So you, you mentioned podcasts, and I totally agree on podcasts. But you know what I think is so, um, it's ironic and aggravating and enlightening at the same time. So I listen to a bunch of, like a lot of different podcasts. And the marketing one, somehow this topic of public relations and getting pitched. And for some reason, podcast hosts, hate PR people like they do not like getting pitched they want to find their source they want it to seem like it's their idea really? 
they talk about it constantly about how much they do not like hearing people, whether you're internally pitching or externally. I'm like, yeah. I'm actually writing an article why podcast hosts hate. Well, you. I know why. I know why. Well, I think I know why. Let's talk about it. So yeah. uh, imagine being a podcast person. And you're, you know, you're probably not making a ton of money. You're doing it with passion. You're doing it as like the book model, right? You're, you're sharing your information and you're bringing other guests on board. And then you've got a bunch of product people that usually probably aren't even a great fit on the surface, or at least saying, hey, uh, we've got this new nutritional supplement. We want to be on your podcast. Well, go buy some advertising then. Support. You're not telling me what value you're bringing to my audience. So I talked about this with Eric Sue. Eric Sue is a Neil Patel's kind of cohort or partner mm -hmm. in, uh, in growth school. And so Eric and I are pretty good friends. He lives in LA. He had me on his, we did the same kind of thing. We did a video about this. And I think it's imperative, and you 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 lead with this a lot. He says, "Lead with value, like not your product. Nobody wants your product. Uh, nobody wants necessarily to join PR boot camp, my course. They want to learn something from me first and establish a relationship. And you and I both know this. And and so with Facebook advertising, we're used to just running um, sort of an, a, a multivariate testing on a bunch of different headlines, seeing which one responds the most, and you're done." It, 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 it's sort of similar in PR, like, but you, one thing you can't do is just throw it out there because you're not paying, right? So you better lead with value. And so the way I like to do it is really get to know my audience first. Once I identify my audience, then who is my audience listening to? And I don't have a, the ability to read anyone's mind, so I do surveying. I do a lot of surveying and speaking to the different persona groups and say, hey, like, what surveys, uh, what um, podcasts do you tend to listen to? I write them down or I do an informal survey. Right. And then I look for patterns. So if everyone's listening to Joe Rogan, which a lot of people do in certain demographics, then I'm going to go after Joe Rogan. And if I, and I've been on Joe Rogan twice, not me personally, but my products uh, on his Instagram or on his video feeds, not necessarily on the podcast. And I did it by understanding his audience, understanding him and only pitching him stuff that he needed. So we had a picture of, of McGregor on his wall. We sent him a free print from one of my printing companies, Canvas Pop. He ended up putting it on his wall. He ended up giving us a shout out on Instagram. Boom, 200,000 likes for free, like for the cost of a print. Yeah. I was also an advisor to a company called Hayabusa, which develops MMA gloves. Uh, and uh, what, you know, uh, Joe Rogan's always using those Hayabusa gloves, punching bags. It's like, you can't pay for that type of advertising. Literally, you can't pay for it. And so we knew he liked MMA. So they sent him MMA gloves. I knew Joe Rogan needed some more art for a studio. So we sent him a print. And then you lead with value. Now, the most important thing, if you want to get on the actual podcast, your podcast, my whatever podcast, is what are you going to teach my audience? So if you're a Facebook advertiser and you want to go on one of these e-commerce blogs, be like, listen, I figured out how to get four to one ratio on my advertising. For every dollar spent, I can generate you three or four dollars. Uh, I'm doing it by doing this type of technique that I call X. Uh, it's really you know, not out there that much. I'd love to share that with your audience. Now you're talking. Now you're going to end up as a guest instead of as an advertiser. So, yeah. I, I mean, let me know what you think of that. I think we're pretty aligned on this, but maybe something you can add to that. Yeah, well, one thing I found from listening to some of these podcasts is that they talk a lot about how they got on and how they, they got on. So basically, media likes media. So if you're on one podcast and then you kind of like get then referred over, you know, somehow or listen to. So it's like kind of breaking through to that first kind of like big-ish or medium-ish or small to medium-ish podcast. And then, you know, I, I just feel like I see this pattern where, you know, the hosts know, you know, met 
the guy met, met the, the person being interviewed, maybe not on another podcast, but maybe they're part of a similar, uh, the same community. So maybe they're part of a mastermind or maybe they're, they went to a conference, they met at a conference. So it's the relationship. It, it seems like, you know, it's, it's still that traditional, like you have to first start the relationship offline and then bring it to the podcast or the media uh, online world, or it's just, you know, it's almost like this, the law of attraction. Once you're interviewed once yeah. or twice, the media see, oh, this person was interviewed. I'm going to interview him for this. You know, it's almost like that. Okay. Credibility factor check. Yeah. I, I call it in my course, what we call it is the uh, PR flywheel. And so we have this, the way we picture it, and I'll show this to you offline sometime, or maybe I'll send you a screenshot. You can try to yeah. post it somewhere if you want to. It's a magnet in the middle, right? And then you've got, you know, your first media hit leads to the social signaling. The social signaling leads to people visiting your site, which leads to more search, which then sends more uh, inbound links, which then sends signals to Google that you're like the top expert. Mm -hmm. And then the partners start inbound coming to you. So we call this thing in this whole media flywheel. And you're right, you've got to start somewhere. Now, what a lot of people do, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Sometimes it is good to start small to get the wrinkles out of your messaging, get, you know, get good at speaking to the media. But I think one of the big philosophies that I have is go as big as possible, because I find that if you go to the largest podcast, the largest TV shows, the largest news outlets, then you're going to get that trickle down effect much more rapidly. And I think a lot of people are just insecure about reaching out to BuzzFeed or CNN or whatever you want to insert name of tier one media here, when in reality, and this is my own philosophy, it's as, it's as the same amount of effort, the same process to get in the New York Times, quite honestly, as it was for me to get in my local newspaper. That was my experience. And so I kind of decided early in my career, go big or go home, uh, do the small stuff, right? But when you go big, you get so much more out of it. It's the same amount of effort. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of am in between on that one. So I feel like, when you start, let's just say, like I, I was gonna just send one to also my local paper here where, where I am for the summer, Anna Marie Island. And I just feel like, you know, that kind of gives you like almost like the clipping to give your proof to, let's just say the Today Show or something like that. Like you were featured here instead of pitching with, uh, you know, like a pitch or uh, your own pitch, you could just pitch with like, hey, my local paper just co covered me here. And then it's almost like the, um, the, the Today Show or the National Outlet will be like, oh, okay, she got covered locally. Like this is like a bubbling up type of maybe story that not everybody has been pitched type of thing or covered. So they might see it as like, they can visualize it for them. So it's a way to definitely build momentum. But yeah, if you could just go for the, for the top hit, I think the top hits are gonna be more, more um, it's gonna require more, more work. I, see, I, I, this is where we kind of, and we agree on a lot of stuff. This is where we kind of disagree. Yeah. Um, I feel, like I seriously feel from my experience that honestly, like, I almost found it was easier to work with the Today Show. Quite, I'll be I'll be literal on this. Been on the Today Show, what, like a dozen times, let's just say. Not me ever, thank God, but my products, right? Different mm -hmm. products. And it was less work to work with the Today Show in my experience where I just sent the producer the product, they loved it, sent me four screenshots, boom, I'm on national television, three million views, right? And then my local <laughs> TV station made me get up at six in the morning, drive <laughs> my butt down to this thing. I'm not a morning person, by the way. And I get there and then I got to sit in a chair and do makeup. And then they, and I'm like, oh great. There's probably 300 views, right? 3 million versus 300. And I didn't even have to get up to do the other one. So it's not that you're wrong or right, or I'm wrong or right. My experience has been totally the opposite. And the other thing is 
I found this. I find that when a large, for example, in the tech world, if you get a lot of local coverage for your little internet startup, tech company, whatever, or agency, whatever, I find the big nationals are less interested in you because they want the scoop. They want to be the first. They're like, oh, well, yeah. next time, why don't you reach out to your national newspaper and give them the scoop again? Because yeah, we like to be the first to write about it. But but there are exceptions. And I do where we I think we do align and agree on is it's good to cut your teeth on smaller media outlets. So if you screw up, it's like smaller mistake than if you screw up with the Today Show. I think that's yeah. where we can agree for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, everybody looks at things a scoop in a different way. So, you know, maybe one outlet will be like, oh, they've been covered, period. Or maybe one outlet will be like, oh, they've been covered like on a local level, but that nobody national has covered them. Yeah. So you kind of, you know, you, you don't, you're, you can't be a mind reader on that. Um, another way to really cut your teeth is doing, doing your own brand journalism. So, you know, going on your Facebook page, going live, bringing on a guest, chatting, and just getting that kind of fear of being live off, you know, going through that, that, you know, just talking through questions and interviewing people helps you be a better interviewer as well, interviewee, you know, because you, you know how to answer questions because you're on the other flip side of it. So I think that's also really good practice as well. I totally agree with you. And I think with with doing a podcast, one of the major things is you're able to go out to the, your dream clients and say to them, hey, instead of saying, hey, I want to work with you, just say, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Nine out of 10 times, they're going to say yes. because it's not a lot of effort. It's, we want to talk anyways. It's pretty easy. So you get them as a client. It's so much easier to follow up with that person a month later after you've had a one-hour discussion with them and say, hey, um, I'm doing this. You know, it's just building. So it's amazing for agency owners to be able to reach out to the companies they admire and want to eventually land as clients to build that, that first interaction and build the credibility. And I do agree with you, by, by becoming the journalist, you start to see things through their eyes better. And it's an, that's an amazing tip. I, I don't have my own podcast, and I'll tell you why, I'm a little bit lazy. And so doing this is a lot of work still. You've got to do scheduling, you've got to do a, you know, planning and all that. So my philosophy has always been go to the people that are already in front of my audience that have tens of thousands of viewers and just jump the bandwagon by bringing value in and then boom, instantly you're in front of 10,000 people. It's a little bit more, I'd say it's less work, maybe. What do you think, Lisa? Is it, is it more work to go pitch PR, like pitch large podcasts or create your own podcast? I'm sure you do both. Well, so I, I'm i kind of in the same like mindset. I really, to do something every week and it just becomes super stressful. I did a live lab show when lab was the thing, you know, yeah. a couple years ago or three yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, until it died. And then, you know, then we lost all traction there. So it was super frustrating. But with the podcast, what I do like is, and I'm thinking um, about this concept for myself, is to do it um, a seasonal podcast. So you basically, um, you know, do, you know, you record them all in one day or two days or, you know, three days, and then you drip them out, um, you know, over the next, like, let's just say, you know, two months, and then you come back again in the winter, you know, depending on, you know, what your, your theme is. So, you know, depending on your brand and theme. So that is something I could definitely, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to do, but it, the effort of do, going live every week on something to me is, um, it's not something that I'm very good at. <laughs> so you're saying cl- clustering, get it all done, put them in the can, and then you can drip it, and then you can use your email drips, you can put it on Twitter. Yeah. So rep- so cluster, that's a great tip. So Cluster everything like what in a week or two, kind of get it all, all your podcast done, put yeah. it in the can, and then as long as you're not talking about current political yeah. or anything yeah. weird, 
it's evergreen content, right? That you can, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I probably if I ever do a podcast, that's the way I'll do it. Yeah. Um, another thing that I'm really liking with, um, especially with, you know, with agencies and coming up with, okay, are you just pitching like whatever your agency is specializing in, you know, it, and also if you're thinking about your public relations from a sales and marketing, like you're trying to also attract clients through this, is that figuring out your culture um, and your passion and your culture and your passion. Uh, <clears throat> mixed together, yeah. Um, so that you're attracting the types of clients that are have your same passion or topics or, you know what I'm saying? So, you yeah. know, for me at the buyer group, so um, one of my passion projects is femaledisruptors.com. So I'm featuring female disruptors on that site and interviewing them. And, you know, I want to I, I want to attract other female disruptors to work together and help them raise up and raise their level of exposure. So that's one. And then another passion is just digital detox and like, how do you balance work life and health and wellness and in this digital world? So attracting the kind of clients that those those are the kind of clients that my team, we love to work on. So we're going to like be topical with that but also position ourselves um, correctly. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Power of attraction and just you, and it's, you are who you hang out with. So I think in those circles, it's just, it's pretty, maybe it's not obvious to a lot of people, but uh, if you can associate with the people that you want to work with and build those relationships, and you're excellent at this, then their networks are gonna be attracted to you. And so it's no coincidence that things happen, right? It, but what's the science of it? And, and then you're talking about the science of the laws of attraction, which I do believe are real. Um, you know, the way you represent your brand. Perfect example for me, this is falling a little bit outside of PR, but could be very relevant to agency owners, is you are what you think you are. And what I mean by this is how do you represent your brand? If you've got a very cheap website and, you know, it's a template, and we're using stock photography, that's okay, but you're going to attract those types of clients, right? And if you want to attract, you know, large business to consumer uh, B2C brands or like, you've got to look like them. So the best thing you can do is if you're running an agency, go look at the agencies you admire and look at the better yet, look at the clients they're representing and then be like those clients because like attracts like, and that's <laughs> from a visual perspective, a messaging perspective and the way you, you carry your brand. And I think a lot of people miss that mark. They create crappy assets so they don't they use stock photography that's cheesy and then they want to attract the best clients but you know you're going to attract what you are and, and that's just so i think that's what we're talking about right and um uh you know you do an excellent job of associating yourself with with, with things that you're passionate about that passion is also felt by people that authenticity i think the one thing you can't fake is authenticity right by, by definition yeah, right and, yeah let's talk about authentic brands like mm -hmm. um what brands do you think are the most authentic and why? I'm curious to hear from you because I want to think about that too. Um, well, this is going to be an obvious one, but it's the first one that comes to my mind. So Deepak Chopra, I think, is super authentic. Um, and I mean, he he has a lot of, I mean, I use him a lot as an example of somebody that, you know, besides being authentic, he does a great job at his his PR and marketing and social yeah. media. I mean, he, he's, he doesn't hire anybody else to really do anything. He goes on his Facebook Lives almost daily. Um, you know, he teams himself up with, um, you know, other like-minded, like Oprah Winfrey and him are doing a, a free um, free meditation, 21-day me meditation series. So, you know, I just think that, you know, if you're if you're being your true self, um, that that just comes out. You know, people can tell if you're not and that if you're if you're being like fake, if you're trying to be somebody you're not, then it's obvious. I agree. And so my my most authentic personal brand would be Robin Sharma, 
don't know if you've know, you ever heard of Robin Sharma. He's kind of like the Canadian Tony Robbins, but he's a super kind and authentic guy. Uh, actually, one of the first guys to buy my book, which I was shocked by because I'm a huge fan of. If you if you haven't seen Robin Sharma, check him out. He's I'm definitely an incredible yeah. guy. Uh, I've I've gone to his, his. I'm not a big Tony Robbins raw raw kind of guy, but Tony Robbins is very valuable. He has valuable things to say. Robin Sharma is just as valuable, if not more valuable, in my mind, uh, and super authentic. And uh, he actually bought my book, which was crazy. And he messaged That's me, cool. congratulations on the book, and he did buy it. It was authentic, like. So it's like, what a cool guy. What a nice guy. He's got you know, millions of followers, yet he took the time. So that kind of thing is, is invaluable. You can't fake it. And I think with brands, it's a little harder to do because it's not a person. So a, it's not a personal brand, but a brand, much less, can still be authentic. And, and there are certain brands that are very authentic out there that we can learn from and try to be the Deepak Chopra, I guess, of, of branding or the Deepak Chopra of an agency, for example. Um, are there any agencies out there that you've seen that are super authentic and bring a lot of value? Um, well, I think um, that's a tough one. I mean, I see, I've seen a couple, but I think that agencies are challenged by that. What do you think? I mean, my favorite is, you know, I'm not to be biased, but I mean, Kat Howell is so authentic and so raw and so real. I, I love her. I, I, she's like, you know, somebody to aspire to, you know, being a, an authentic agency owner and some, a lot of the agency owners in this group as well. Um, but I think that, you know, agencies just, they're trying to, they try so hard sometimes that they kind of like, it looks too manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And, and there's an opportunity. So for agency owners, like, um, I have so so I know the agency space pretty well. I work with Vayner Media. I work with a bunch of others that are partners of mine. Uh, we bring them a lot of business, um, and we have Hawk Media and a few others out there that we work with, but or, or might be working with in the future. But who's like I, I can't. That, that, what's crazy? A guy like me that's in the space. I refer people. I can't think of an agency like Eric Sue, the guy I was talking about before I did the podcast with. So that's. Uh, he owns a single grain. Um, he does a pretty good, and Neil Patel do a pretty good job. I won't say being authentic, but pretty, producing a lot of great content. Authentic would be shaky camera, look at this data, this campaign isn't working, it's super frustrating. This one is, you know, like who, somebody out there has to be the Deepak Chopra, and there's an opportunity. Like just the super real, no makeup, no, you know what I mean by no makeup, like just realness yeah. of running an agency and what they're learning without all the BS. And if somebody does that, like somebody's got to do that. And I can't think of who that is right now. So there's an opportunity for your group. It's like, who's, who's going to be the first one to put the Instagram story and just talk about it without any bullshit. And that would be really, really great. So somebody put in the comments, we were talking about authentic brands. I agree. Wendy's does a really good, great job of being, yeah, their social media. For sure. Yeah. I mean, also is really funny when they were talking about the aliens things the other day, like they were kind of like jumping in on that, that they won't be delivering or something like that. It was, was a lot. So there, I, Wendy's, I agree with totally a great, Chipotle. great. Oh, Chipotle. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so that's good. Like that's those, those brands are often, you know, who knows if it's a team or an individual. I, I actually don't know whether Wendy's is using, I assume they're using a team, but it seems like they have a lot of leeway to be able to just That's respond the thing, to things. Right? They're, they're, they're not just like, you know, churning out promotional types of content. Um, you know, they're really, they're, they're beings like for sure super authentic. And I mean, just to kind of circle back and touch on like Tony Robbins, like I, I like 
just worship Tony Robbins since I was like for the past 20 years, I've done all of his programs. And, um, but he, for me went down a notch, um, when he slipped on that whole, like me too thing. I don't know if you remember when he like, challenged this woman yeah. Yeah. and that like for me, like he never like came back up, you know, I didn't like completely write him off, but you know, so that, that was like one like thing that he did. And then with, with Gary Vaynerchuk, I mean, that's a perfect example of like, like attracts like, like that's not my style at all. Like I really super respect him, but like a lot of what he does, I could not do. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, um, you know, in respect of, uh, to Gary uh, for what he does is does his own thing. Um, it, it's a, there's always a method to the madness uh, with Gary, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, I don't know why he's doing garage sales and buying stuff. I don't, there's a, some reason, right? He's going to launch an app in two years that we don't know about, you know, he's going to try to take eBay out. I don't know. There's something, it's not random, right? Yeah, to yeah. me and to you, and to most of us, it seems very random that a, somebody's going after Fortune 500 brands is going around garage sales and selling mugs, but there's probably a reason for it, some sort of data reason, I hope, or he's lost his mind. <laughs> you know, it could be one or the other, <laughs> yeah, right? right. Um, but uh, I think it's probably, the, it's probably he's looking for data. And um, for something, right? And um, uh, yeah, and it's totally different style than you. And, and, and that's great. It should be a different style than Gary. We all have a different brand. Uh, one thing for sure with you, Lisa, is you're authentic. You are passionate about PR and that comes across and that's all you need, right? But I'm saying in the agency world, the Facebook agency world is so yeah. commoditized. There's so many, I, I get hit on probably five times a week of agencies saying we can do your PPC advertising for, for you or for your clients. Great. but. We don't have to develop the relationship yet. I don't know you yet. Why don't you deliver like 20, you probably have to deliver 10 hours of super valuable content before I start saying over a long time, right? Over a long period before I, and then I should probably see your article in some publication I'm reading and be like, that's the same person that's been like coming after me for the last two months. And that I've been following on Twitter. Now I see their article in Inc. Man, this is really legit. Like I should really actually follow up with this guy and see how we can work together. So it takes, you and I both know, it takes many, many interactions not just paid, but a combination of paid and earned media before your head finally triggers and goes, you know what, I should probably work with these guys. We've yeah. all seen that, right? We've seen the yeah. ads on TV, you're not kind of ignoring them on back in the background, you're ignoring them. But when you see the article and you read about them or you read the blog post or you see the video, now they're really engaging you and it's just all part of the mix, right? It's all part of the mix. Earned has to be part of that. Totally, totally. So and this group right here, this mastermind group, these agency owners are doing a fantastic job of getting started and getting on their way. And Kat is definitely one of the most authentic, um, real, genuine agency owners. So, you know, great person to look up to and, and look to at what she's doing. Um, but we're kind of running out of time because they're, they're going to be at 4 p.m. Um, a coaching um, broadcast oh. going to come yeah. on the same. So I don't want to interrupt that or run over that, but just what are some, if you, maybe one, two or three, like super actionable, th actionable tips you can give to the group um, on, you know, what they could do. I mean, Snipply is a great one. What else? Yeah. yeah. So, so for me, like if there's, I, I like to give people like, was very like one action item to do after right. the, this. Maybe like right now. So, so right now, the biggest cheat for me it, that I do is all my clients is create what I call a lookalike list. And so not direct competitors, but who are your lookalikes? And by lookalikes, I mean companies that share the same DNA and aspiration, uh, aspirationally better than you. So let's just say that you want to create the next Vayner Media, since we're talking about Gary. So what you would do is um, figure out like 
who are all the other Vayner medias in the world, like the large agencies that are working with five, Fortune 500 brands, and then go after the journalists that specifically have written about those agencies. I'm giving an agency example. It could be any product. Yeah. Go after those lookalikes. Go on Google News, search them. It's really simple. Find the journalist, pitch them. And the reason you want to find those lookalike companies and journalists that have covered those lookalikes is because you don't have to educate them on your space or why you matter. They're already covering your space. They're mm-hmm. covering your lookalike. You're very similar to them. And they can't say to you, well, I already wrote about so-and-so. Um, because So you're not going after competitors. You're going to lookalikes. You've got to be different than the lookalikes. So, yeah. so, so like just that. through that association of similarity, right? And if you can do that, if you can reach out to like 20, 30 journalists that have, that have written about your lookalike, and then you know what your lookalike is if it's a company you would partner with, not compete directly with, and that has a lot of media. Hopefully they've got a lot of media and they have a lot of buzz going for them. You're going to ride their coattails a bit. You're going to go after all the journalists that have written about them, and you're going to pitch them about why your company – why they should write about your company. Tell them, hey, I read your article on such and such lookalike. You're probably interested in what I do, and here's what I can do for your audience. And that's it. Use that times 20, you're going to get some press. I love it. I love yeah, it. Okay, well, Adrian, thank you so much. Um, where can we follow you? What's the best channel? Again, one URL. So it's uh, freeprbook.com. From there, you can buy my book, buy an audiobook, you can sign up for my course, or you can follow me on all my social media channels. Or even set up a call with me on Clarity. Whatever you want, it's all on that same page. And I'd love to hear from you and love to hear with you. Okay, that sounds awesome. So if you haven't already bought Adrian's book, you know now where to buy it. And you can go for more and follow him everywhere. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.